0: My favorite story is one of my programs was in Doha uh, working for the, well, I can't say specifically who, but for uh, a high-ranking guy uh, working for the Palace. You don't have to learn to trade alone. Welcome to the Trading Lifestyle Podcast, where we interview professional currency traders and industry experts who can help you improve your trading and your life. And now, your host Hugh Kimura.
1: Hello, traders. This is Hugh Kimura, and welcome to another episode of the Trading Lifestyle Podcast, brought to you by TradingHeroes.com. In this episode, I was really excited to sit down with Sean Overton of OneStepRemove.com. And if you haven't been to that site yet, that is Sean's programming business. He does MetaTrader and NinjaTrader custom programming. Uh, He can create EAs, indicators, all that good stuff. And if you've ever wondered about what custom programming could do for you, uh, regardless if you want to do it yourself or if you want to hire somebody to do it, then this is the podcast for you. Before we get started, I just want to clarify something really quick because this interview is a little different from past interviews. All of my previous interviews have been with full-time traders, but in this case, I'm interviewing Sean as an industry expert in the area of programming. I'm not trying to take away anything from Sean's personal trading, and he also has another website talking about his trading, so if you want to check that out, he mentions it in the interview. But I just want to be sure that you understand that there's been a slight change in the format of the show, and Sean's primary business is programming. And I I only mention that because I don't want there to be any confusion or unrealistic expectations. Sean shares a lot of great tips in this interview, like how to get started, what to watch out for, and how custom programming can help almost any trader. So keep your notebook handy, and I hope you enjoy the interview. Before we get started, I know you've heard this before, but I have to say this. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not investment, trading, or financial advice of any kind. But in this episode, there might be some advice on archery for sea lions. As you know, Forex or any type of trading is very risky and you could lose all of your money. Seriously. And finally, past performance does not indicate future results. All right, now on to the show. Hey, Sean, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, So... Uh, if people don't know about Sean, his uh, website is onestepremove.com, right? Yes, it is. And uh, you do MetaTrader and NinjaTrader programming, right? That's correct. Okay, cool. So how did you first get into uh, programming?
0: I started out as a broker at FXCM, mm-hmm. and I was working on the automated trading desk. But when I first started, I was trying to day trade. Mm-hmm. So in between making 100 phone calls a day, I was trying to day trade. <laughs> and that is an awful idea. If you have that in mind, I do not recommend it. Uh, you got to either trade or do your job, you can't do both. So when I did automated trading, my it was me looking for a solution because A, I'm not a good discretionary trader mm-hmm. and B, I wanted to know that I really did have an edge and for me, being on the systems desk, I had access to guys that made automated trading strategies for a living. Nice. Uh, so I got world class training and ha- just was able to soak up what they knew and branch out on my own.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're trading your own systems right now, right? Yes, I am. Okay, cool. Um, Is there a platform that's easier to program for, do you think?
0: It depends on what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. I like MetaTrader for execution uh, because it's super easy. Mm -hmm. So if I was trying to run some kind of high-frequency scalping strategy, MetaTrader is a terrible idea. Uh, It doesn't support lightning-fast execution. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to just trade on one-hour bars or four-hour bars, it's fine uh, because for me, an uh, extra quarter second of latency isn't make or break for the strategy, uh, but for research, I don't like using MetaTrader at all. I love NinjaTrader because getting super high quality data is pretty easy mm-hmm. and I feel a lot more confident with the back testing facilities in NinjaTrader. Oh, okay. So what I do with most of my strategies is I do the research in NinjaTrader and then when it comes time to execute them live, I use either NinjaTrader or MetaTrader depending on the broker.
1: Oh, I see. Interesting. Okay. Very cool. Um is there a certain type of person do you think that um, does better with a automated system as opposed to discretionary?
0: Yeah, absolutely. An uh, automated trading, it depends on your personality, right? So there are some people that have to be hands involved mm-hmm. in order to succeed. Uh, for me, the less I do, the better I do. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and the reason is, I don't think about it. For me, automated trading is an emotional detachment, and that's how I separate myself from drawdowns. Mm-hmm. Because if the system is losing, well, it's not my fault. I'm not even trading. <laughs> right? So I, it's easy for me to just point the finger and say, oh, it's the system's fault. I'm okay. I'm not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I'm going through a drawdown as a manual trader, of course you're suffering those emotions and you're thinking about what am I doing wrong? Uh, It's hard to quantify exactly what you do in the first place. So for me, automated trading is a great solution because I just know it's if, then, if, then, buy, sell, do what I'm supposed to do and it's that black and white. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for some people, they're just prone to tweaking and messing and just having to be involved. So if you're prone to doing that, automated trading is not going to work for you because you're going to not follow the rules. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess on top of that, some people might be under the impression that programming is uh, only for fully automated systems, um, and, but, but you can also use it for other things too, right?
0: Yeah. There's tons of traders that use programming and expert advisors only to handle the exits. Mm-hmm. So, Say you have some kind of end-of-day strategy where you get on the daily chart and you enter your trade and the criteria are really specific, but then your exit is just a trailing stop. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there, there's no reason for you to sit there all day long checking your trailing stop. It's a lot easier just to have an EA do that. Mm-hmm. So even if you have a discretionary system that has some mechanical components, it makes a lot of sense to automate those things because if you only need to be there at 5 p.m. for your signals, you know, free up your life,
1: go golfing. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. So if somebody was doing that, they would just put the trade on manually. And then turn on the EA. After that, is that how that exactly?
0: Works? And say, watch this ticket and do stuff for me. Uh, I mean, yeah. we could go into the details, but yeah, basically, you say, EA, take care of this.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so maybe some people might also think that getting into programming is a little too complicated. So can you kind of walk us through the process of how you would take a client and you know set them up?
0: Yeah, uh, for most people, it is too complicated <laughs> for programming. Okay. Um, you have to be at the point where you've traded and for most people you've lost. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you're not going to have a winning idea if you've been doing it for six months. uh, Especially not a long-term winning idea. Mm -hmm. So, most of the clients I work with have traded for several years and almost all of them, but not everybody, has lost at least at some point. Mm -hmm. And then what they do is because they have those years of experience they define their rules, uh, they're able to say I only buy if then they, right, they're able to lay it out as black and white trading rules, mm-hmm. and then we're able to take those and turn it into computer code.
1: Uh, I see. And about how long does that process take usually?
0: Uh, it depends on the program. If something's super easy, it can be one or two weeks to iron out every single bug. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's more involved, it takes four to six weeks, and that's start. That's from the initial delivery until finish. Oh, okay. That's pretty
1: good. Um, so what are some common uh, misconceptions that they might have about automated trading?
0: Uh, this actually applies to everything. So mm-hmm. the common question I get is, is it realistic to make half a percent a day or one percent a day or ten pips a day or mm-hmm. something? And the answer is no. Right? Yeah. You can make ten pips a day for thirty days, but the problem with those kind of systems is eventually they blow up. And I, I forget what the exact number is, but if you ran if you had one percent a day profits every single day, mm-hmm. you'd be a billionaire in something like two or three years on a thousand dollar <laughs> yeah. account. Yeah. Right. So if people do the extrapolation and they get out of the fantasy Forex dream, those are not realistic expectations. There's no such thing as winning every day for the rest of your life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and the most common misconception is that you're going to buy an expert advisor for $197 on the internet that's going to put you on the beach in Costa Rica this time next year. And it's just it, that's not the way it works.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um. Can you take us through maybe the testing process after the EA is finished? How would you do the QA and how would you make sure that's working properly?
0: Yeah. So, step number one is you want to run it in the back tester in MetaTrader 4. Uh, mm-hmm. That way, because you can use an option where you see the chart and that allows you to visually verify that the rules are doing what they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, you don't have to wait for things to happen. So when you get the file, the first thing you do is you put it in the experts folder You run a quick back test over say a month period. You're not looking for performance, obviously you want to see it, but what you're really trying to do is, is this doing exactly what I told the programmer to do? Mm -hmm. And It's only at that point where where it does 100% exactly what you told it to do that you start worrying about settings and profitability and everything. Uh, Otherwise you're just spinning in circles.
1: Uh, Okay, cool. Good tip. Um, I know a lot of people who are listening use uh, Forex Tester. Is that something that you guys work with or not so much?
0: Occasionally. uh, Forex Tester does solve a problem in that uh, it gives a reliable data source. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that if you're not trading on the broker where the data comes from, it can make an enormous difference in your profitability. So if you're trading with FXCM and you test on Awanda data, you can literally get night and day differences. Hmm. Uh, and that can be because of the spreads, because sometimes it touches a limit on one broker and then turns around and touches the stop loss on another broker. So, literally, your broker choice can be the difference between a profitable EA and a losing EA. Mm-hmm. And if you test on one broker and then you just assume, oh, it worked on Euro, US dollar, on Pepperstone, now let's go trade on Ducas copy. It, it, it doesn't work that way. Forex is an over-the-counter market, so you have to be really careful about uh, the data that you test on. And If you do test it on data, you need to trade on the same data that you test.
1: Oh, I see. Good good points, yeah. Have you done any work in like the stock market or any other markets? I have, yeah.
0: yeah. I've looked at a lot of end-of-day stocks. Uh, I don't really have any interest in trading too actively in stocks. I like longer-term positions because that's where you have a much stronger ability to compete Uh, The stock market, uh, especially with the new Michael Lewis book and Flashboys, I think everybody ought to understand now that the high frequency market is totally rigged Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't even bother trying to compete there. But if you do low frequency trades where you let the stock market's natural higher volatility do the work for you, there's a lot more opportunities there at
1: lower cost. Okay, interesting, good to know. Automated systems, or what are the, some of the best results you've seen with automa- automated systems?
0: Uh, real results yeah, or the fake actual, results?
1: actual trading.
0: Okay. Well, you know, because a lot of times people get hyper excited where they mm. run these back tests and the equity curve looks like this and invariably it's either curve fit or just there's something about it that's not realistic, so that's mm-hmm. always a big tip off. There's no such thing as making money every day for 10 years on a historical back test. Mm-hmm. Um, in the real world, it really depends on the client and the settings. So I, I don't know any single person that trades profitably on the long term that makes money every day. Uh, but I do see clients that do really, really good returns, but they have to do it on relatively small amounts of money. So nobody's making, nobody has a two million dollar account and is doing, you know, fifty percent in a week. Mm-hmm. But there are clients that have ten thousand dollar accounts where you can get good execution on like a five million notional trade and get those kind of returns but it's not something that just extrapolates into the future where you make those kind of giant numbers every single day. Everybody that does those kind of you know, headline returns is trading relatively small balances like
1: um, 10 to 50K. Uh, I see. Okay. Interesting. Uh, have you seen people like raise money based on EAs?
0: Yeah, I work with a lot of money managers. Yeah. Um, Some of them are more reputable than others, Uh, so some people are just promising the returns and then they go try to figure it out after the fact, and then you have the guys that have been in the industry for 10, 15 years that have a much better reputation and are just tweaking old systems.
1: Mm -hmm. I see. Okay. Um, How often do you recommend monitoring the performance of an EA, or do you ever tweak it, or how often do you tweak it?
0: Tweaking it, I do on a very rare basis. Um, So it depends on statistics and sample size. Uh, Most people's natural inclination, like right now, my system, QuantBar, Mm -hmm. has had, I think, eight out of 10 losing trades in a row. Okay. But over time, it wins 58% of the time. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you just look at those 10 trades and you're like, oh my God, it's falling apart. I've (laughs) lost eight out of 10 times. Right. And, you know, they say, oh, that's 80% losers, but. You can't extrapolate from 10 trades. That's not a valid size. That's not reflective of the system. Mm-hmm. You have to look over the long term. So, what I do is I look over the historical testing, come up with some reasonable bounds of what I would expect for maximum drawdown. Mm-hmm. And if I'm within those bounds, it's, you know, I, I do monitor and check. I, I'm not just like, oh, wait for the, the signal to appear. I want to see what's breaking. I want to keep tabs on it. But I don't actually touch the system until. I'm absolutely convinced something is wrong and for me that usually takes 20 or 30 trades. Oh, okay. At least. Uh yeah, I mean, barring some kind of devastating event, it, it takes a big a pretty decent number of trades
1: before I start to get worried. Uh, I see. That's good to know. So how how big of a um historical backtest do you do usually? 10 years, 15 years?
0: No, actually, I usually look for um I look for different periods. So what I really care about is the current environment we're in Mm -hmm. and then I try to extrapolate back where did that start. So for example, if I have a strategy and I want to see how it does in insane volatility, I might actually go back to 2008 and take a look at how it does when the market's moving 100 pips an hour. And then if I'm looking at something that I want to trade right now where we're in in an average range of 50 pips a week. Right, 2008 is not a great testing period. I should be using the last six months. So it usually I don't even bother doing any substantial testing for more than two years uh, because I really don't care how it did two years ago. Mm -hmm. What I really care about is how it does for the next six months. Okay. So I'm trying to find a period that's relatively reflective of what we're in now, and then once I've Looked at those parameters. I try to extrapolate. Okay, well, if the market does change, how is it going to do? And if it doesn't change, which is the most likely scenario, Mm -hmm. right? Today's weather predicts tomorrow's weather. If it's hot today, it's probably hot tomorrow. It's the same thing in financial markets. So I I assume generally more of the same. But I want to double check in case something does change. How am I going to handle it?
1: Mm, I see. Okay, so you kind of is that kind of your time period, like six months? You kind of just rolled up forward and. Just yeah
0: about that I want to feel confident that it should work for the next year mm-hmm. but there's no such thing as a strategy working for the rest of your life if it does awesome you know, happy days <laughs> yeah but I fully expect to be on top of it and probably need to be tweaking things every six months to 12 months
1: oh, I see okay so do you have stuff ready to go like okay this system I'm gonna plug this system in if you know, volatility shoots up, or something like that, or is it just more of a gradual changing of?
0: The it's a gradual building process. So mm-hmm. it's only now where I've really had the time to develop my own systems instead of everybody else's, mm-hmm. and it. So it really it comes off the press when it's ready. Yeah, and and that's how I build is just slowly accumulate and diversify because I'm not looking for one holy grail system. I'm looking for. I'd ideally like to run 5 or 10 systems on 10 or 20 different currency pairs and mm-hmm. then if I had a big enough account, I'd like to run it in equities and futures and forex and just diversify so that I have good systems but I don't want to have all my eggs in one basket. I'd love to have ranging systems, trending systems and have it on all different types of markets.
1: Uh, okay, yeah. it makes sense. Just diversify. and um, so If there are some people out there who are looking to get into programming, how would you recommend them getting started?
0: Uh, I learned with a book called "Learn to Program C++" by John Smiley. Okay. I I think it's still in print. It comes in and out of print, but it's one of the best self-help programming books you'll find. Um, I have a history degree, right? And I started a programming business, (laughs) Uh so that's the way I learned. Is uh, I just I opened the book and went through all the exercises, and then eventually. Uh, started learning the individual trading platforms, mm-hmm. but you do need the background in knowing what a function is. You need to know what a variable is, uh, and once you have that, and you can work in a generic language like C plus plus or C sharp, mm-hmm. then you can dive into the broker specific or the platform specific languages and move along a lot quicker than you otherwise would.
1: Oh, I see. Okay, have you gotten into those other um, platforms very much, like FXCM's one or?
0: Yeah, I kicked around. I kicked the tires on FXCMs, but it 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 actually that what I expected to happen did happen. They pulled their platform. Uh, Most people don't want to get too invested in broker specific platforms because then you marry the broker, Mm -hmm. right? So if they ever slip you thirty pips on a trade where you got executed on your other broker just fine, well, you can't do anything about it because you probably invested months of programming work getting it up in their system. Mm-hmm. So Really, your best advantage to working with MetaTrader, NinjaTrader, C-Algo, all those types of platforms is that if you don't like your broker, you have the exact same source code and you just move your business.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, getting back to people programming, I guess what are some common pitfalls you see if people want to learn how to program and are programming for the first time? What kind of mistakes do they make?
0: Um, you don't see it too often because you're not going to do anything remotely successful until you've probably programmed for several hundred hours, mm-hmm. um, especially with trading because you might get it working on the back tester, but then things go wrong in live testing. And it's really, really difficult if you don't have the background of knowing, like I said, error handling functions. Like you got to know what the basic concepts are. Mm-hmm. And if you're just trying to program something in trading and then you're fumbling your way through it, uh, it's an extremely high bar just because you have to learn an entirely new skill set, not just a specific programming language, but you have to understand thinking logically and systematically and for most people, that's the real mind bender. It's not the language, it's it's mechanical
1: thinking. Uh, I see. Okay. That's a good point. So, If you're not good at that kind of stuff, then maybe best to leave it to a programmer. Right?
0: Yeah I mean, I, you know, I learned how to program. It's certainly possible, but yeah. like I said, I spent I wasn't any good at it till I did it for 500 or a thousand hours. <laughs> so you know, it's like uh, you, you know how important is it to, to you to save a couple hundred bucks? Uh, if you're going to program for the rest of your life, then definitely it's worth the time to learn. But if you're just wanting to program a system or two, it's not a good use of your time.
1: Yeah, good point. And same here. I was a biology major, and I actually had programming jobs, but I'm not very good at it, and I don't like doing it. So I would rather have somebody else do it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm sure your site has put you into contact with some interesting people. I know you. I know you had a couple interesting uh, interviews on your YouTube channel. Um, yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about some of the interesting stuff that's happened to you because of the site?
0: Yeah, um, it mainly travel. So, okay. uh, I've, my favorite story is one of my programs was in Doha, uh, working for the. Well, I can't say specifically who, but for uh, a high-ranking guy in, uh, working for the palace. Mm-hmm. So he was there for six weeks, uh, getting waited on by staff. They had he had a personal butler, and uh, every time he would sit down at the dinner table, because him and the trading team would all eat together and stay in the same house. You know, they would like be there holding his chair and. Getting him tucked in and you know, it's like a, <laughs> it's like staying at the Borge Dubai, but uh, except you're in the guy's personal residence. Wow, um, that that's probably the most eclectic story. But I've got to go to Turkey. I've been to Germany, all across Europe. Um, so it, it's really fun because you get to meet some. Not really. They're not high-profile people. Most of them are in the shadows, but they're managing pretty consi- pretty large amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really interesting seeing how these things work on the back end, because most people's impressions of finance are the Stephen Cohens of the world managing billions and billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But really, there's a lot more money being traded with family offices, high-net worth individuals that you, you really don't know them unless you just know them because they're not. They have no reason to seek publicity.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I see yeah very cool I, I like that kind of stuff too the the real uh, hidden hidden traders I guess um, who are some of your heroes or inspirations when it comes to automated trading?
0: Wow I wish I don't, you know it's such a small sphere there's not really anybody to look up to the uh-huh. uh, Renaissance technology is going to be the most uh, the the most prominent because they do not just algorithmic trading but they do artificial intelligence so mm-hmm. Uh, that scientific approach, um, it, they hire no- nothing but ma- physics PhDs, math PhDs um, and people without backgrounds in trading and they have some unique approach to uh, working with random numbers to help them predict and find amazing 30 plus percent annual returns managing billions of dollars. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be my happy place, but I'm a long way from it. Uh Uh, So if I get to aspire to be anybody, I think I'd like to
1: be Renaissance Technologies. Uh, Okay, cool. Um, For people who don't understand artificial intelligence, could you maybe give us the 10,000 foot view of that?
0: Yeah, uh, it's kind of like, uh, it's the computer looking for the strategy for you. Mm -hmm. So there are various degrees of it. Uh, You can have supervised learning where you're kind of giving it a hint of what you expect to find. And then there's unsupervised learning where you tell the computer, just find me something that makes money. <laughs> um, those are very, and they have various degrees of difficulty, um, and I've tried doing AI for about a year and a half with varying degrees of success. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely have to have an approach. If you ha- if you just tell it to go find something that makes money, I, I had personally zero success with it. Mm-hmm. But we did have success if you're able to come up with strategies that work from your own mind. I think that's a point where you can use artificial intelligence to enhance what you're finding with your own experience. But the process of blindly finding strategies, I don't feel confident at all running numbers on that. I've seen all sorts of people that do data mining, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a related concept. and That means that you tell the computer to go find patterns and then if they make money then you trade them. the problem with that kind of learning is that you don't know if the pattern is based on something fundamental to the market or, you know, like the moon passed overhead and every time there's a full moon, you make money. You know, it's like, yeah. how real is this to its impact on the financial markets? Uh, if you do the data mining, unsupervised learning, artificial intelligence, there's a much bigger risk that you find some fluke in the historical market data that happens to have made money. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you use your experience and then you do some kind of supervised learning or learning that's based on an idea that you can explain and that relates to – that you can explain to a human and it doesn't sound like a load of BS, mm-hmm. that is something that you're much more likely to have success with.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting. Oh, very cool. Um, are you a part of any online or in in-person mastermind groups or – Programming groups, clubs. You know, whatever. it was
0: funny. I, I was. I started a club in Dublin, but I just moved back to Texas, uh-huh. uh, so I did start that. And there were about twenty or thirty traders that showed up every week, and that was a great outlet. It's something I want to start in Dallas. So mm. if you're interested, contact me. I'd like to. Uh, I would like to start that up again because it wasn't just for. Yeah, for me, it was just a nice outlet. When I talk trading to my wife or to my <laughs> father-in-law, you know, their eyes are like, oh, "That's yeah. great fun." Uh, trading is just a very small sphere and even though there are t- hundreds of thousands of traders out there relative to the people that you know in your personal life they're almost non-existent so mm-hmm. it's always great to have those mastermind groups traders clubs that kind of thing just so you can get it out of your system because for me my wife just you know it's just ten minutes of boredom so I'd rather tell it <laughs> somebody else
1: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah my fiance is the same way she uh she tries to be interested, but you know, it. it uh,
0: you can see her trying. It's yeah, like, yeah, being polite, honey. But I know you don't, care.
1: <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> but you know, um, so what else do you do? Uh, what do you, what do you like to do outside of training? Uh,
0: I, I'm big into running, so I love doing any uh, up to half marathons. Uh, for me, that's my, my relaxation. I work it on computer eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I have to get out and move, otherwise, I'm physically miserable. Um, I love being in my garden, grow vegetables, for me that's paradise, uh, church, family. Uh, that's all I need really. Mm-hmm. Oh, Very
1: cool. Okay. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking the time out again. Uh, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go?
0: They can go to QuantBar.com. That's the strategy that I run in my live account. That's Q-U-A-N-T-B-A-R.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can find the programming service at OneStepRemove.com, one step removed.com.
1: O-N-E step removed.com. Okay, great. Well, thanks again, Sean, and it was great talking to you. Thanks, Hugh. Thank you for listening to the Trading Lifestyle Podcast. To listen to all of the
0: other episodes and get free access to Forex trading tools, tutorials, and resources, visit tradingheroes.com.